Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, Spence versus Crawford was an amazing fight. We also got the Dolphins putting on the pass for a training camp. The Marlins are fighting for their wild card spot, and UFC 291 delivered the knockouts. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. the little things dog it's the little things that trip a player up you know what I'm saying before we get this shit cracking dog yep but once yep. we get it cracking it's, it's on dog. it's on and popping for sure someone man say, someone say cracking someone say popping either way something's happening it depends what gen you fall in right like if you're older you might say what's cracking nah I think it's both the same generation that says cracking and popping there might be a little, be a little I don't think gen Z saying that what's cracking nah probably not well maybe it depends it depends I don't know I'm not close to either one of maybe it was popping because of Jack Harlow Maybe, but I think it's kind of in the same same realm. Possibly, man. Possibly. Anyway, we started the show by. I don't yeah, know if you knew yeah, that. yeah. What's good with you? <laughs> What's cracking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out here. Just got back from Tennessee from a little trip. Yes, sir. It was a fun time out in a uh, music city. Man, it was hot out there. Hot as shit. I'm sure it was hot here too. But no, for sure it was bad out here, dog. But the humidity factor is not the same, right? <clears throat> and that shit. Plays a big role down here, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's been uh, it's been brutal down here, but it was bad up there, but not as bad as down here. No, for sure, for sure. Um, bro, you know, I asked you before the show started if you if you got a chance to watch the fight, and now it makes sense why you didn't get a chance to watch Spence versus Crawford this Saturday. Yeah, but. man, I, I saw some, I saw recaps. Obviously, you know yeah, me, I'm gonna right. at least know the outcomes and and uh, watch the highlights and all that stuff. But I didn't get to actually enjoy the fight, so I'm, I'm counting on you to kind of walk me through what I missed. Bro, you missed a lot. You missed a lot because that fight really delivered on every single aspect that it was promising, right? You had both guys coming in and really really putting everything on the line, dog, and, and facing these guys straight up. Neither one of them were like... Um, Dancing around each other, it was like let's meet and and, and we're gonna throw hands and we're gonna see who's the better the better boxer here. And for me, it was stunning, stunning to see the way that that Crawford picked apart Errol Spence Jr. that mm. night. He, he he picked him apart, bro, because Spence was known for having the the better jab, but how Crawford was able to, you know, just get to him with power on that jab. Was 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 crazy, and you know, it, it it makes sense knowing how good of a boxer Crawford is, right? But when you look at when you see it happening live, right? And I'm watching this fight, and I'm like, bro, Crawford is really, really that dude because it takes something to hit somebody with a jab, right? And and not only stop them from moving forward, you move them back. That's not what the jab is intended to do, right? The jab is is intended to increase your range, figure out where the guy's going to be, keep them at bay. It's never really a power punch. And Crawford was using it as a power punch and and using his right hand to really put a lot of pressure on on Spence, which, again, was stunning because everybody came into this fight knowing that Spence was the better jabber. And everybody walked away from this fight knowing that Crawford is the more powerful puncher in all aspects because the first knockdown that he hit, that he got on Crawford on Spence, excuse me, was a jab, you know, 
Errol Spence was trying to dodge him, and Crawford just caught him with one straight power jab. Boom. And he, you know, wobbled him. And not wobbled him, like, messed him up, but, you know, he threw off his equilibrium with that punch. And he for, forced him to take that, that you know, that drop well, early in the round. Well, yeah, I was going to ask. What it was in the second round. Second round. Yeah, you know what I mean? That so, like, set the tone then? Big time set the tone. And everybody who was watching that fight had that feeling of, like, oh, shit. Something something magical was about to happen, and it was magical because Spence got a beatdown at the hands of Crawford, dog. Mm-hmm. Like you know that that meme of of Martin when he gets fights Tommy and him at Hearns and he gets all bruised up and shit. That's what they were saying, Crawford. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, I saw Crawford did. Too. Twitter was going in or X was going in. Yeah, X. Weird. We'll, your, we'll say that. The jersey changed. Time. Yeah, yeah, it might officially changed. Yeah, it was it's still kinda, weird. It's kind of wild. It is wild, but weird. Uh, follow us on X, by the way, Sports So So. Um, <clears throat> I saw, I saw also that he was calling out a, another potential fighter. You know, in the middle of the fight, in the you know, more, like in between fight. rounds. You know, you can see Spence is kind of like like days, and then like Crawford is over here looking at the crowd, talking trash to was it Charlo or yeah, it was Charlo. That's his name. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I was saying that Charlo. correctly or not, but anyways, yeah, he he was like talking smack, like you're next, and then ding ding ding. Like go back in and finish the fight against Spence. Because that was in the seventh round, and that was Why? after he dropped him for the second time. So he dropped him twice in the seventh round. And, uh, you know, the, the the boxing announcer that night was saying that Crawford doesn't waste punches. He doesn't win rounds sometimes because he's not throwing a lot of punches. But when he hits you, you know, it's with a purpose. When he's throwing those punches, it's with a purpose. And that was a flawlessly executed game plan that he had for Earl Spence Jr. that night. And Spence, you know, completely owned up to it. He manned up to it. He literally gave him his props and said, he's the better boxer tonight. He whooped my ass. Ain't no excuses about it. Let's do the rematch. Which makes sense, right? You just lost all your belts. Now Crawford is the fucking undisputed welterweight champion of the world, man. And he's done that in... Two divisions. Nobody else has done that except for one person. Want to guess? I'll give you a hint. Mayweather? No, I'll give you a hint. It's a female. Oh, female boxer. Yeah. Oh, no, you got me there, dude. I don't, I don't know. You've heard of the name Clarissa Shields, right? <clears throat> I, yeah, I have heard that name. Yep, that's her. So she's won all the belts in two divisions. Shit. She was the first person to do that, male or female. Oh, wow. And now. How long ago? Uh, maybe like four years ago. No shit. Three years ago. Yeah. That's elite. That's elite. Like this, she's like an Olympic champion. She is the face of women's boxing right now, right. for sure. <clears throat> and now this past Saturday, you know, Bud Crawford is another name on that list. Yeah. That just puts that guy, fuck a pound for pound list. That puts him in the all time greats category because... When, when you're able to accomplish real history in the sport of boxing, right, it's, it means something because boxing's been around since forever, right, more than any other other sport, right? So it carries a lot of prestige to Leg- be. A lot of legacy. A lot of legacy to be that guy. Now his name is in the history books forever. Not only did you destroy one of the best boxers in this era, if not the best boxer in this era, right, you destroyed him. You you stamp yourself as well as one of the greats by accomplishing history. So he killed two birds with one stone that night. And uh, it was impressive, dog. It was really impressive because 
I did not see that shit coming. I really didn't, dog. I think both you and I both had um Spence uh winning the fight. Yeah. You know, I had him winning by a late knockout. Uh, you had him winning split decision. And none of that shit came to fruition because it was just, you know, different levels of 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 who's the better fighter. And you got to give credit to Bud, man. You know, he was one of those guys. I saw on the interview he did with The Pivot where he was like, everybody that I faced, the next person that I'm facing says, oh, but my resume isn't good enough. But... In the meantime, I'm fighting all these world-class fighters, guys who are at the best in their division, guys who are number one rank, number two rank. Like, I'm fighting dudes. I'm not fighting bums, yeah. right? And, Champions. And now they can't say that shit about his resume anymore because he put the guy on his resume and say, I destroyed this dude. Not that I beat him. I destroyed this dude. So I know that they had a, a rematch clause as part of their contract. Yep. Um, you know, seeing a fight like this, so it's, it's never, you know, if it was a closer fight, it'd probably, you know, have more uh, built up for a rematch. You're already at this point, you know, so early, but, you know, seeing that it was so lopsided, you know, are we really excited to see, you know, the rematch of this fight? Ooh, that's a tough question, right? Because you kind of do want to see it because maybe... Maybe, just maybe, Spence had an off night. And Crawford had an on night, right, where everything was working out for him. Maybe the game plan changes if they meet again. And, or the script. Or the script, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it, it can change. And I think that if you're talking about making a mega fight, that is the, that is the biggest mega fight. Like, don't get me wrong. These dudes can fight other people, right, to build up the, the other rematch. Maybe it just doesn't happen immediately. Maybe we need to see Spence j- jump back into the ring against another elite type fighter and, and really prove that that's that's who Spence uh, Crawford Spence is. You know what I mean? And not the dude that Crawford beat that night. And then they can do the rematch. I don't think it happens that quick because there's a lot of fighters that are willing to go after a guy like Crawford because of that. Here's why I don't think that's going to happen though, because Spence had something to put on the line. Yeah, hence why they, he gets the the rematch clause. He's not gonna allow somebody else to just jump in there. I don't care how long you think you've been waiting for, bro. I, those are my belts, and I we have a contract that says I have a right to True. get a chance to get back at him. So, I think we are gonna see that fight sooner rather than later, and I don't think we're gonna see them fight anybody else from here to then. Maybe, maybe a lot of that now comes into effect of money, right? Crawford's obviously the A side. How much does he want? Does he want a bigger purse? Because now things aren't as even as the first fight would have been. No. You know what I mean? Like, they literally flipped a coin for for who's going to walk in first, which Spence ended up losing. That probably cost him the night. Um, and Spence's walking was awesome, but then fucking Crawford brings out Eminem, dog, like, to lose yourself. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you, you, lost, know, you, you lost the walkout, that, homie. This guy's locked in on a different level. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so maybe... For sure, if you're talking about money, money, then yes, this fight needs to happen e- immediately. If you're talking about the best for that division, you could probably do a little mini tournament to see who goes up against Crawford. But that's probably not what people are w- w- willing to wait for. I think everybody wants to see the immediate fight with, with Spence again. But here's the thing. What if he does it again? Then that kind of kills that little yeah, argument, that, right? And that's it. You're, that's you're not contractually obligated anymore. 
at that point you fulfilled True. it and then Earl Spence is just a you know what used to be he'll be you know he'll still be around he's still gonna fight he's, he's then at that point he has to really claw his way up he gets bumped all the way down to everybody that's been waiting in line you know but yeah um yeah it, it kind of sucks you know uh, the, the way that he went out you know we would have expected especially for a, such a big fight like this yeah a little bit of a closer fight I mean so far this year we've seen now uh tank you know, we saw Tank versus uh, Ryan Garcia. Yep. One-sided, you know, that was all Tank, you know. We just dropped him in, in, in the, what, fourth, third or fourth round or something like that early on, and that was it. You know, this one yeah. went a little bit further than that, but still, you know, didn't go the distance, you know, that you're expecting from these two guys. Don't get me wrong. We like to see, you know, knockouts and, and fights end early and stuff like that, but we also like to see them be a little closer. A lot closer. <laughs> This was a domination, one-sided, about all accounts and purposes, man. Um, so we have to give a big shout-out to Crawford for going out there and and backing up his actions, right? using his actions to back up his words. And this is a dude who wasn't really chirping a lot to begin with, you know? a lot. Of, both of these guys shared a lot of respect, but they both had the utmost belief in themselves to be like, nah, I'm the dude who's walking away with all four belts. Crawford did it, dog, in impressive fashion. So big win, uh, big win for him, man. And now you're a fucking undisputed, dog. Wow. Wow, undisputed, man. And two classes. Two, didn't, didn't know that. You yeah, talk, man, you two classes. That. That's, that's wild, man. What a, legend. Legendary. Legendary. Um, what else do we got to talk about? We got to talk about the well, Dolphins. We can keep fighting if you want to keep going about fighting. No, I want to talk about the Dolphins. Okay, let's go training camp. Let's go training camp. Well, we uh, we got some bad news at the top of the training camp news. Yep. Let's start with the bad stuff, right? Let's get it out of the way. Go ahead. Jalen Ramsey um, uh, officially... Is out for the start of the season. Yes, um, he was our acquisition over the off season. He was going to cement our, our defense and our secondary. And uh, he and Tyreek Hill bumped knees last week in training camp. Uh, he did some evaluations, required some surgery. I believe it was his meniscus. Yes, and not the ACL. Uh, he's going to be out for a good portion of the beginning of the season, which isn't the best, but. Uh, better that it happens now than at any point in, during the season. Happens week one. He's out for pretty much the whole season at that point. Half the season for sure. Four to six. Let's uh, call it. Let's let's put it two week two months. But how good are you going to be when you come back? Right. That's yeah. that's always yeah, the concern. You're, you're, yeah, I don't even think. I think if it happened week one, I think he's out for the season. I don't think he comes back unless we play in the Super Bowl. And then at that point, it's even no, like, no. yeah, 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 bro. Because you're six talking, to eight weeks, dog, plus rehab. So you're not. You're talking. This yes. is a little bit longer of a process than they're they're kind of putting on there. Especially Two months surgery in your knee. So now it's what we we got to August. So August September. Rehab through October. We'll see him in November, I think, is my timeline. For sure. He's going to play, for sure. And he already came out today's, you know, um, in the newspaper and shit saying that he's going to beat that whatever timeline they yes. give him. He's going to beat it. Yeah, he's motivated to do that, hopefully. Not only that, like, these guys are prime-time athletes. Uh, we, we know that the medical staff and the training staff, you know, at the Dolphins facility is world-renowned. You know what I mean? We're talking about... Uh, uh, Baptist Hospital where everybody comes to get any type of sports injury corrected or anything like that. So we know that he's being taken care of by the best. So there's no doubt in my mind that he'll be back by week six. You know what I mean? Like some shit like that because of how how strong of a dude he is. But I also like the the reaction by the Dolphins and, and the time that it gives them to react to something like this, right? Where you get the bad news, but then you're immediately able to go out and sign a guy like Eli Apple, who by all, uh, you know, accounting purposes is not the best of the best or a name that you really want to have. But at the same time, this is a guy 
who has played in big games, you know, played for Cincinnati two years, went to a Super Bowl with them. Like, he knows the deal, right, as far as what it takes to perform in big games. And we're not asking this guy to come in here and create some type of miracle. Just come in here and be a, a better body than what we had available last year, which was damn near half a body. Another thing that doesn't lead me to worry too much, Cater Kohu is still here. Like, this is a dude who really played excellent for us last year. Had big moments. With a broken hand for, I think, six games. You know what I mean? So, like, a guy that we can... I just found that out. I didn't know if you knew that. Nah, I, I knew it, but they always had it plastered. And you could tell when it's, when something's messing you up because your hand is plastered. You know what I mean? And then your other hand is pretty much your actual hand. Right. Um, But my point being with, with Kohu is, like... He he's proven that he can hold his own, dog. And you can throw him out there on a second receiver, third receiver, and you know what you're gonna get from this guy, and he's gonna be able to hold it down on more occasions than not. So having another guy come into the building like Eli Apple and adding to that depth at cornerback, it, it's only gonna help us because we know we don't want no Igmanawi yeah. out there. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what's up with Nick Needham. Like he's still coming off that off injury. injury, so. I'd rather you go get guys now that you can actually pick the one that you want no, and Eli instead Apple, of what's out there. Let's be honest. Eli Apple might not even be on this team come, you know, day one, week one. Yeah. He, I mean, he, whoa. He, I'm, I'm putting this out yeah, there. Yeah. There's, there's, there, there's a very – it's the NFL, dog. It's, there's a possibility that could happen. We pick people up. We drop them. We train them, whatever. Sure. Um, but, yes, it absolutely, I think, only adds the fact that, you know, we have veteran experience there. It's going to be interesting in practice, you know, seeing now Tyreek and him, who they've had beef before in the past, um, and see how that, that you know, that kind of plays out. But yeah. um, besides the Eli Apple acquisition, we, you know, we drafted a kid um, in the secondary yes. uh, for a corner, yes. Cam Smith out of South Carolina. And he, he's been in just a he's couple practices playing. so far. He's been showing a lot of flashes is what I'm reading and what I'm seeing out there. Showing a lot of really good flashes, and it seems like Vic Fangio likes you know his athleticism for right. his scheme and what he's able to draw him up to do a bunch of different things, kind of like Jalen Ramsey's able to do on the field. Right. So that we, we got some pieces we that are, that are working for us exactly, which a year ago I don't think was the case. You know, we had a bunch of um, it was mishaps, you know, not mishaps, but like oh, yeah. misfits. It was a bunch of misfits. Absolutely, Joel, and and even in more in the sense of of uh, you weren't able to pick from a list of guys that you really wanted. You were picking from a list of guys who were just there. You know, that's the difference in getting a guy like Eli Apple in the building early. You're picking one of the guys that, who was an NFL starter, eight, you know, eight, like three, four months ago. So what are we talking about here? There's a guy that you can put into a system and really have him be serviceable at the very least yeah. and has a potential to, ex uh, to excel because of the type of defense that he's going to be playing. And, you know, this defense is going to be one of the top 10, and dare I say, a top five defense, just because of the type of playmakers that we have and who's running the defense now. Like, I have the utmost belief in this guy, so it doesn't concern me to see him, like, stamp off a guy like Eli Apple coming in. Give me your top five defenses for 2023. 49ers, Dolphins. No particular order. We're not going right, to Right, no order. Um, Vic will kick my ass if I don't fucking say the Bills, dog. So I got to say the Bills. Uh, I think the Chargers can surprise people on defense this year. That's a team that I would put up there. Um, who else? Maybe Philadelphia is my last pick. I think you only gave me four. No, 
Dolphins, got Niners, Dolphins, Bills. Niners, Bills. I think the Chargers City? are going to be oh, a surprising team. Okay. I think the Chargers are going to be a good defensive team this year. And then um, the last team would be Philly. Do you think that the Jets potentially have a top five defense this year? Maybe. Depends how, how their season goes. So if that's the case, let's say we swap out the Chargers for the Jets. And not, no, I'm not trying to put any respect on the Jets name because I hate the Jets. But all right, all right, they, just checking. they got Sauce Gardner, arguably one of the best of becoming, you know. They're going to be solid. Uh, they got a great D lineman. Uh, and for, forget that kid's name, you know, like the big boy that's funny as shit. Um, they got they got a couple pieces. They there. got some players. Um, if that's the case, dog, it's playing out the way that we're just talking about it. The Dolphins have to compete with two out of the best thirty-two defenses out there for no, four games of this year. I mean, Joel, we know that because the division is so tough, wild, dog. right? It because even the Patriots, tougher. even the Patriots games, like you go back and look at what we did last year, it was tough games. Yeah, we beat them. But they were, we had to earn those victories. Patriots were laying down. Jets were not laying down. Yeah, division opponents. Are always we're division that. opponents. So th- this shit is always going to be tough. And I think that, especially for the, the the Bills and us, like playing the Jets and playing the, the Patriots this year is going to have playoff implications. Of course. So they're going to have playoff feels, right? Like maybe a guy that is kind of hurt, wouldn't play this week, he's going to suit up for this game because he knows it's important. Right, it's a division game. We're looking to establish ourselves for the playoffs, so it could be very different. Back to what you were saying with the Jets. Yes, I know that they're a good defense and they have that capability to be a top ten defense. I just gotta see it. Yeah, I've seen same. it. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it more from the Dolphins and the Bills to be like, yeah, they're pretty badass. Plus, the Chargers have a dude named Bosa out there, and any guy that comes from the family tree Bosa, you know you're a badass, i.e. his brother's on that other team for the 49ers. So I'm just saying, like, when it comes to defenses, the the mixture of talent that we have in those specific places that we need to have them or you would want to have them if you're an NFL franchise, we have that. And we have the mastermind on top of that. So you got a mastermind on offense and a mastermind on defense, like, I'm feeling very confident in this coaching staff, which is more than I can say for any of the last coaching staffs for the past 15 years, right? We have us as a Dolphin fan nation, right? We definitely have more belief in this coaching staff than any other coaching staff in, in again, 15 years easily. So, yeah, I would agree. definitely agree with that. Uh, I'm excited, man. Excited for the rest of training camp. I'm excited when we start playing with other teams, practicing against other teams. Yes. Um, We're actually starting to practice with uh, Atlanta pretty soon. Yeah, there's actually an NFL game this week, I believe. Yes. I think it's the Jets in Cleveland. I think so. Getting ready for the Hall of Fame game. I'm excited, man. I'm all in for football. Uh, I've been watching quarterback on Netflix. I saw the whole thing. (laughs) I'm excited for that. I saw Tua decline, you know, being the quarterback, uh, one of the quarterback options for for that for next year. I'm glad. Uh, It it kind of sucks because, you know, you want to see, you know, as a fan, you want to see that stuff. But at the same time, if you are a real fan, you can appreciate Tua declining that because that tells you how locked that dude is. He is all in on winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I and, love that. And and even in the way that he's talking now, right, you see a different type of tool. You see a different, more mature tool, a guy who's probably more locked in. A tatted up tool. A tatted up tool for sure, right? But, like, on top of that, just, I don't know, he looks like an NFL quarterback. He looks like he's sturdier, dog, guy put on muscle, like, looks a little bit thicker, no homo. But even still, he's just at that 
level where you look at him and, and you're like, yeah, for sure he's an NFL starting quarterback and he's a guy who's who's kicking ass. I don't know, man. I, I just sense something different with this guy and, and it's, it has a lot to do with positivity and I feel like he's going to be the guy that everybody wants him to be. You know, we, we know who he can be, but that guy that everybody wants Tua to be, he's going to do that this year. He's going to do that this year because he's driven. He's definitely driven. Excited to see training camp, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to go out there one of these days, man. Um, we got to see if we can get together, get together and go check that shit out, man. But um, yeah, the Dolphins showing a lot of promise, bro. Showing a lot of promise. I, I Hopefully we don't have any injuries between here and the first game, you know, and just kind of see what happens there. But it's the NFL, man. We've already seen a bunch of guys go down. Joe Burrow with his calf injury. Uh, Giants, I think, lost a lineman. Um, it's just been a lot. A lot happened. Uh, Tim Patrick for the Broncos just yes, went down today. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. <clears throat> Poor kid, man. That kid's never going to play in the NFL. Yeah, man. Um, He's yeah. nasty. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we can have a, a healthy rest of the preseason and offseason, and uh, we can build off of last year, man. I'm excited. OnlyFans coming soon. OnlyFans coming soon, baby. With a PH. Yes. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the Sports with So-So YouTube channel. We're on our way to 300. Help your boy out. Go hit that subscribe button. Let's talk a little bit about the Marlins, man. It looks like they're they're riding the ship. You know, they they just won a series right now over the Detroit Tigers who um, were in town visiting. And it was cool because we got to honor Miguel Cabrera. He, he's retiring. Um, we didn't mention that on the last show, but he's retiring. So it was cool to see the Marlins, like, bring back original 20, 2003, right? 2003, yeah. 2003? 2003, dog. Wow. Now, 20 it, years, dog. Yeah, dog. You say it like that, and it's like, fuck, 20 years. And um, You were struggling there, 2003? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. 203? Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, like, he was here for that, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, of course he was here for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, Miggy, I got a lot of love this weekend. It was uh, Venezuelan Day at the park. I think it was on their Independence Day as well as a country. So that was cool um, to see the stadium packed. But the Marlins, man, getting back into the swing of winning. Winning series, you know, they took two out of three against Detroit and more and, and they battled as well in that Tampa Bay series um, because we were expecting them to battle it out and, and try to get both of these games in order to come back home. And that first game against Tampa Bay, they just did not have it. Lost four to one, couldn't get anything going. Top of that, you know, you're coming back, you, you, you're playing the next day before you come home, and, and they go out there and dominate that game nice and early, bro. Got a couple of home runs, a bunch of hits, Luis Arias keep doing his thing, and, and the Martins won comfortably, which was nice to see because it was 6-1, to one, and we dominated from first inning to the last inning. And it's been a while since we've seen the Martins do that. And then they carry that energy into the first um, game against the Detroit Tigers, ended up winning 6-5, to five. Uh, lost the second game, Shut out 5-0, but then came back to bounce back and not let not let it turn into a streak and won in impressive fashion, 8-6. to six. Uh, I think that one was oh, not an extra innings, but the first one was. Uh, but we saw a couple of appearances in this series from Detroit of newly acquired um, Robinson. We just got, <clears throat> excuse me, David Robinson from the Mets, which are trading at the deadline, selling at the deadline with their super inflated roster. Um, even though the owner says they're not uh, sellers, but whatever, you, you you trade your best closer to the Marlins for a couple of fucking prospects. It looks like you're tanking, you know, or at least giving up on the season. And this dude is probably the best 
um, dude, when it comes to saving, uh, this dude Robinson, man, he's he's been a a fucking beast. And I'm trying to see if he yes, yeah, I got it right here. Uh, this dude Robinson, he comes in and really solidifies the the bullpen for the Marlins, which needed it in complete fashion. Uh, because we had seen AJ Puck get roughed up a couple of times, there was a lot of instability in the back part of the rotation, um, and we didn't have enough guys coming in and throwing it quality innings or quality appearances. And now we have this dude David Robinson, who's by all accounts and purposes, you know, one of the best in the game, man. And I think that just shows you that this Marlins front office is committed to winning and they believe that they have a team that can go out there and win. Um, this dude has 15 saves on the season, an ERA of two, 49 strikeouts. Like he's a real deal closer. Um, and now the Marlins are going to be in positions to win games like we did eight to six, right? Where we know we can get ahead and hand the ball over to this guy and say, hey, close the game out. And 90% of the time he's going to do so, man. So I, I really hope that he solidifies the bullpen, like I said. And now that we got Jazz coming back, you know, they reported it today. Jazz is coming back for the Philly series, which is going to be super important because the Marlins are still in that wild card hunt, dog. Yeah, and the Phillies are getting hot, too. Um, talk to me about that game. We lost five zip though, man. What happened there? Who was pitching for us that night? Do you know? Uh, I do know. Uh, it's okay. Dead air is okay. Yeah, it is. Joey podcast. People love that. Um, who was pitching for us? Fuck. Radio silence is, it's awesome. It's the best. It's the best. Hold on a second. Horrible producer teeing you up with a question you don't have exactly. the answer for. Come on, cuz. You could have brought it up. Um, I could have. I should have brought it up. But, yeah, I just figured it's you right. had that all in front no, of you. No, man. Right? I just didn't know, man. Johnny Cueto made, made his second appearance of the season for the Marlins. Yikes. And that was the 5-0? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's no bueno. Lasted six innings, gave up um, four hits, four own runs. Only had five strikeouts. This is a dude who's coming back from an injury, so yes. I don't expect that guy to do much. But we were though. We were expecting him to do a little bit more than losing a game five to zip. Yes, but his injury or like once he got hurt and he wasn't ready for the beginning of the season, like all expectations went out the window with that guy because I knew in my heart of hearts that Cueto was not gonna come in here and do the job that we thought he was gonna do, which is come in and eat up innings, eat up a bunch of starts, take your ass whoopings, take your good days when they come. And he hasn't been able to be, been there for us. So it's automatically a loss for him on this season, right? Unless he could come back and be a fucking amazing pitcher, which... So then why set down Perez if we're, to bring up... I'm telling you, the Perez move was weird, dog. They should have kept him up, but they didn't want to use that, that, that year of arbitration to kind of keep him under their control for even longer. It's a Martins move. And, and, a, and a bunch... And look, we say it's a Martins move, or I say it's a Martins move, but truth be told, a bunch of fucking teams would do that. A bunch of teams would be like, you know what... This guy's going to be amazing. Let me hold him out for a month or two, get burned, see what happens with the rest of the staff, and then still have that year of eligibility next year and throw him out whenever I can again, right? Why not? You're not losing anything by that. But for the Marlins, like, the biggest thing for us is turning the ship around because they went from a team that was winning series to losing series and now not even competing in series around the all-star break, right? Yeah. And now they're back to the point where the winning series, they need to continue that uh, type of upward trending momentum. Yeah. And and honestly, they need to do it ASAP against these Phillies because, like you said, this is a team that is battling 
battling with us. Um, Philadelphia is only, what, half a game behind the Marlins in the division, and that makes them a half a game behind us in the wild card. So we're we're in some thin ice when no. it comes to, to that shit. We're actually tied. No, there's still half a game behind us in the wild card. But we're, we are tied with Milwaukee. And uh, San Francisco is ahead by one a game. Yeah, they got they got a little hot there, and then they kind of stalled out. They're also four and six in their last ten games. So right now is a good time for the Marlins to kind of bounce back. You know, yeah, get two out of three here. No, you have to. You have to win these this, this series. It's a four game series, right at home. Like you have some of your best best pitchers pitching. Cabrera's pitching; he's been good this year. Sandy's pitching game two, um, and then you have Cueto and Braxton Garrett finishing up the series. These guys should be able to win. At least two of these games, but they got to walk away with a series win no matter what. They should win with two games, but they got to walk away with a series win no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Because then you go on the road against Texas and Cincinnati before you come back home. So you're going to be on the road for pretty much a week and a half, almost two weeks. The Reds got one of the hottest baseball players in baseball right now. Yeah, that guy's been killing it, dog. (laughs) Fuck. So uh, we got to see that. And then you said who who before that? Texas. Texas on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, we we, got to. You got to win games, We got to win series. You got to win games, dog. You got to win series. You know what I mean? You can't fuck around. The Marlins. It, it sucks to put this pressure on them, right? Because at the beginning of the year, it was like, ah, just do whatever. Keep it interesting. And then they started winning. It was yep. like, oh, shit. Yep. Now you got us bought in. Like, right, right. Let's keep it going. <laughs> they started losing a little bit. And it's like, hey, Whoa, hey. ¿Qué pasa aquí? ¿Qué está pasando aquí? <laughs> right? And now you're looking at them again like, are we back to winning again? Or what are we doing? So we need these guys to kind of show up and show out, man. Hopefully we can take, like I said, three out of four against this, this Phillies team. We do that. Um, not only do we really put ourselves in a great position in the wild card hunt, right? Um, but we also create a little bit of separation at the same time from Philadelphia and let them battle it out with one of those other teams that that's in you know competing for that wild card spot. Arizona's right there, one game behind it. Uh, Chicago two and a half. San Diego's only five out. Like there are teams that can make a run. You want to be one of those teams in the top two spots and let everybody else be trying to battle it out. Marlins can do that by winning this next series against Philadelphia. Let's see. Let's see if they can do it, man. I'm, I'm rooting for them to do it. We all are. <laughs> Maybe not everybody, though. Uh, we are. Maybe not everybody. Uh, man, before we wrap up, we got to talk about UFC 291, dog, uh, which was for the BMF title, Poirier versus Gaethje, number two. Uh, it... it not only was that fight super hyped up, you know what I mean? Like, Georgie made it even more hyped when he announced that he was going to be handing off the belt. And, you know, people were talking about who does Miles without want to win the belt because he's trained with Dustin at AT&T. And he put 100 grand on Dustin. Put 100 grand on him, dog. So he, you, you could tell the friendliness within the camp was there, right? And who Miles without was leaning towards. But truth be told, man, this fight was really even, dog, like coming into it. It was literally even because both of these guys are such badasses at their, you know, at their sport and their careers are full of amazing victories and knockouts and shit. So it wouldn't be surprising to see these guys go to war yet one more time. And that's exactly what happened. But uh, Gacy got a little bit of redemption here, man. He was able to land a nasty head kick on Dustin Poirier. Did not see that coming little right hand right over the fucking left shoulder. Boom, caught him, knocked him out, gave him one more as he was going down for good measure. 
uh, before Dean slid in there like a baseball out player. Out of nowhere, dog. Out of nowhere. What a great like fucking Randy slide. Orton. What a great slide by Dean, dog. Um, but yeah, he landed that knockout blow, man, and, and earned himself the BMF title and really earned himself a, a title at the championship for the lightweight title because, yeah, the BMF title doesn't really have any weight, right? There's, there's no significance to it. But when you're talking about being the lightweight champion, there's a bunch of guys that you can fight or guys who can be in that division. The champ, Islam Makachev, he's been a killer in that in that division. His wrestling is outstanding. But Justin has that type of dog in him, right? That would make that fight interesting. Sure. He could fight Charles Oliveira again, right? Mm. Who, who ended Gaichi, right? Like, beat him in, uh, I think he choked him out and beat him in impressive fashion. But this is a division that's stocked with talent. So I'm wondering if um, with this impressive victory over a, a hell of a fucking opponent in Dustin Poirier, like, does he get jump up and say, hey, now I get to is fight that, for the belt? Is that enough to surpass the other guys? Um, it's tough, right? It is. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I have no idea, you know, where that division stands right now and the hierarchy and who's the number one contender. Makachev is a champ. Right now, Oliveira's two. Uh, the the, the Irish is the number, number three. One, the, the, he, He's the Oliveira's number one contender. Right, number one contender. Then the Irish is number two contender. And then you got Gaethje as the number three contender. Yeah, so there's a fight against Poirier, who's kind of, you know, former champ. Top you five know, guy. Top five guy, division. but also on his way out. You know what I mean? Pop, kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Does that is that enough to bump him up to give him that title shot? I I feel like just because of Gaethje and what, the, what it's going to draw, I think you do it. Yeah, because I think Gaethje's going to draw more than you know Oliveira and uh, the Rouge, possibly, dog. And 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 I think the fight the fight fan wants to see that happen. I think they want to see. They already seen him fight Oliveira. You know what I mean? Like they want to see this guy get a crack at Makachev because other guys have gotten their chance and they haven't been able to last. So yeah. let's see this new let's see this new guy, uh, the champ, take on a type of fighter that Gaethje is. Who is very different than the other guys that we named? Poirier, Oliveira, um, and who's the other dude that we just named? Shit. The Rouge. The Rouge. Very different. You know what I mean? Um, I, one of the most impressive fights for me of the evening was Alex Pereira. He made his uh, debut in the light heavyweight division. That was crazy. The fucker weighed in 205 and then... 24 hours later was 228. That guy's, he's not normal. Something like that, right? This guy's not normal. Like, Blockowitz, like, he walks around that fight, right, that weight. You know what I'm saying? He's not a dude that's really ballooning up into a heavyweight type weight. But Aaron's a fucking animal, dog. And the way that he moves at that weight, dog, is ridiculous. ridiculous. This guy should be playing in the NFL or something in the NBA, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Definitely NFL. Definitely NFL, dog, with his fucking power, man. Um, And that power was on display, bro. He was beating down Blockowitz, man. And, Block, you know, John is a John Blockowitz is a former champ in that division. So it's not like he was fighting a chump coming in and making your debut. This is a dude who, who you know, has fought Izzy, beat Izzy in that division, right? And then you kind of went one-on-one with Izzy. So you kind of feel confident if you're Alex heading into this fight, and he just showed pure dominance. That first round, John came out and kind of hit him with a couple of low kicks. After that, Alex got settled and just started waiting on him and pretty much controlled the rest of the fight, standing up. used really good takedown defense where he didn't allow John Blockovich to take him down. So he, he won that fight quite uh, handily, and it was impressive to see him make that jump up into that division. 
he's possible gonna, he's future gonna, heavyweight. He's going to dominate that division. I mean, for I sure. That's it. He already just proved it. <laughs> he's going to dominate it. There's no doubt about that, dog. And I think that is going to be his next fight, man. Because if you think about it, uh, it's a vacant belt right now. Um, what's his name? Had it. Let me he get his name. The heavyweight title? No, the light heavyweight title. The light heavyweight title was being held by Jamal Hill. That's the dude's name. Right? He beat Barkovich, but he got hurt and he gave up the belt. He, he's like, I didn't want to hold it up. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of dudes who can fight for that belt. I think Alex should be one of those dudes. He's a former champion in the weight below. And I think that he can definitely be one of these interim champions until they have like a, a mini tournament or whatever to decide who's going to be the number one contender. Yeah, that'd be a good one. It would be dope to see him, man. Oh, yeah. It would be dope. What about, uh, there was another, I mean, I know the whole card was great, but. Whoa. <laughs> there was another real good fight that night. Hell yeah, two good fights. The first fight actually was an amazing fight, which was Kevin Holland. Um, he choked out uh, Chiesa, killed, pretty much got him with a nasty choke. Um, and Kevin Holland is one of those dudes, man, that Michael Chiesa, he, he choked him out. But he he's not known for his grappling, right? But he's obviously like a fucking brown belt in jiu-jitsu, so his ground game is nasty. Just... This dude Chiesa is a really good fighter in that division as well, but he just Michael Chiesa. Chiesa, that's what it is. Uh, went out there and just destroyed him, choked him out, got out of them early first round, and then the second fight, which it was, you looked at that first fight, and you were like, yo, nasty choke out, right? And then the next one between Bobby Green and Tony Ferguson was even nastier of a choke, dog. That one, that's one I was talking. Was the Ferguson fight? Talk to me about that one. What happened? Bobby Green one? is nasty. He is a mean, mean, mean guy. Yeah, you you guys are hearing that. There's I, no, I don't going. know if they do hear that, but it just started to come down. They can't hear that because we got a high quality audio, facts, here, my friend. Facts. True. We tune all that stuff out, but there is a storm, storm of brewing. Yeah, right around this. <laughs> Um, Lightning and all, but yeah. So bro, yeah, Bobby, Bobby Green, Green is is a mean machine, mean machine in that lightweight division. I dog. pray to God Tony Ferguson retires. Did he I hope so too, dog. He didn't formally announce it, but like he it's, it's, to, you got to let it go, my That's dog. It. It's too much already. You, you made it happen. We're all proud of you. You know what I'm saying? But like you just got put to sleep, like like out, dog. They went to do the Hulk Hogan, put your arm up, and his arm went down, and they never came back up, dog. And they, the referee called it a stop to it there. Um, nasty arm triangle that he got him with, man. And and Bobby Green is one of those dudes in the lightweight division like we were talking about earlier, man. Like, this is a dude who can put on a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're looking for guys to fight in that lightweight division that maybe Gush, uh, Gaethje doesn't get a shot against those guys, put in Bobby Green in one of those cards, dog, because... You can literally do a whole card of the lightweight division. That guy, that's going to be a guy to look out for here. Hell yeah, next man. year or two. Hell yeah, man. He should get a shot soon, man. And then uh, that was pretty much it. The funniest night of the moment was when Derek Lewis knocked funniest out. moment of the night. For sure. When he knocked out um, the Lima, he knocked him out, hit him with a flight knee to start the fight, a la Masvidal, um, knocked Buddy down and just started pounding him on the ground until the referee called the end to it. But then he was, took off his shorts and started fanning his nuts. Immediately. It was wild, man. That was, dude is he wild. paid homage to the time that he did that, and Joe Rogan came in and asked him, "Why'd you take your shorts off?" And he said, "My balls, My balls is hot." And this time around, he followed up with an epic quote. I think he said something like, uh, "I'm about to go home and drew my wife or some shit." Bust like my that. wife's guts. Yeah, something, something like, like that. something along that line. <laughs> something should be just left no in private. Shame, but that guy, no shame. Got no shame, that guy has no shame. But Love he's that. an entertaining guy, man. Oh, yeah. He needed that win in the worst way too, bro. He needed a good knockout to come out. Um, he had been like on an up and down streak of losing, you know, getting knocked out and shit. So it's good to see him back into the 
into the winning column, man, for sure, man, yeah. for sure. Well, I think that's going to wrap up today's show, dog. That's, that's all we got. That's all we got, man. Little messy moments. Soccer's coming up soon. Messi, I heard he's playing. Actually, I, I some interesting thing I saw today. Messi's not playing in some, some games in the MLS because MLS, for the most part, is artificial turf. Yeah. A lot of clubs and stadiums are adopting Tools. turf. Regular turf, like real turf, right? Because of Messi and his presence, but yeah. some teams are they saying, refuse. "Nah, we ain't doing all that." Which is so cool. it's like, all right, cool. Then said he, he's not going to play in your stadium, so yeah, he's not going to be playing in some games. So that's interesting. Yeah, but, um, but the next the game Messi effect is, uh, is real. Real, it's definitely real, dog. Their next home game isn't for a while. Um, they're still playing in the U.S. Open Cup, but that game is going to be in later August, and then they won't play until August twentieth. Uh, against Charlotte FC in the MLS. So that's probably going to be his home debut in the MLS. That's it, man. That's all we got for Messi, bro. Cool. <laughs> all he needs is that quick moment. Watch it on, on that day because he's going to score a goal. I can bet that. Yeah, for real. <laughs> or, or more than one. For sure. You can almost bet that, man. Put it on every day, dog. Uh, you know what else you can bet on? What's that? Us dropping that fire video that we got for 365. 365 dog. coming up, baby. It's Ooh. ready. We just need y'all help to love, to drop it already. Yes, man. We need y'all help, man. Help us get to 300 subs on the YouTube channel. You can do that by telling a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell everybody that they know that has YouTube. To tell everybody that they know that has YouTube. To go to the Sports with so, so YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure your notifications on because then you'll be notified when we're getting ready to drop that heat. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.